Hey, DM listeners, I've been running my own business since I was 17, and I found that nothing slows down entrepreneurs more than this one pesky question, and that's what do I do next? And left unanswered, you find yourself stuck far below your potential, jumping from one shiny object to the next, perpetually wondering why other businesses are growing and yours is stuck. So that's why Scalable has put together the seven levels of scale framework. We'll give you the shortest path possible to go from a struggling startup to a high profit, high impact, exitable business that'll give you the wealth and freedom you deserve. So stop wondering what to do next and take our free three-minute assessment today at getscalable.com slash DM. That's getscalable.com slash DM. And you can download a free guide to show you what level of scale you're currently at and how you can scale quickly and profitably to the next. Coming up next on the Digital Marketer Podcast. It is sort of, the cool thing about YouTube is it's kind of like a sowing and reaping mentality. You need patience. YouTube's like a fine wine. It gets better with age. That was fantastic. Like you want to plant seeds today and be way more concerned with just planting more seeds rather than staring at it, hoping that it, it, it you know, a little bit of life busts through, you know, a little petal, uh, a little leaf comes through the soil. No, you just keep watering it and you don't even really need to water it. You just need to plant it, let YouTube do its thing. Hey, it's Marky Grass here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. And I think that becomes then the opportunity. If you're getting pretty close to your audience's problems and ambitions with the videos you're creating, you're putting a lot of that content out well optimized. What really gets interesting is three, six, nine, 12 months later. To your point, you don't necessarily know which of those videos is going to do the best, but on a macro, you're going to be doing great. New people are just starting to discover your videos. And then that's probably the final step is in addition to knowing your audience's problems and ambitions, success leaves clues. So make part twos. This is Digital Marketer. Hey guys, welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm Mark DeGrasse, President of Digital Marketer and the podcast host. Uh, today I have Sean Cannell, the founder of Think Media and the author of the number one YouTube strategy book in the world called YouTube Secrets. He also has some killer channels with over 2.5 million subscribers. So welcome, Sean. Mark, fired up to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I, I, you know, just from all the people that I've actually met with, like, I think I've watched you the most in, it wasn't on purpose. It was just constantly researching on YouTube and you just pop up everywhere on there. If you're looking for anything strategy wise, 
what comes a video. Well, I appreciate that. And I think that's the power of YouTube. I mean, once I kind of figured out and understood the platform, I saw that possibility to meet new people, to build awareness for your business, to get discovered. You know, I'm a small town kid, college dropout uh, that I just started making videos in my bedroom. And uh, it's crazy to think about the YouTube giving us the power to really bootstrap our businesses, our brands, our personal brands and get our message out to the world. That's awesome. And how long have you actually been on YouTube making videos? Yeah, I mean, a long time. You know, I started video production back in 2003. I was volunteering at my local church, small church an hour north of Seattle in the youth ministry. There's like seven kids in the youth ministry and we had archaic equipment like uh, equipment like a old Canon camcorder and, you know, old software and so I've been through a lot of generations of if you will, the workflow and watching things speed up and technology. And it was actually for that church that we started a YouTube channel in 2007, just two years after the platform started. And this gave me the opportunity to just make horrible videos and make every mistake in the book. Like, I didn't know, you know, how do you title something? In those days, you couldn't upload thumbnails, 15 minute video time limits. So if there was like a 45 minute talk, you'd turn it into three uploads, part one, two, and three, because you had to. And, um, so 2007, so, so pretty early. And then in 2010, I kind of started dabbling for myself, but my main focus was doing client work and video production and kind of SEO and YouTube channel management for others. And then it's really been the last six years that I've been all in on my personal brand. After getting a ton of results, I really started to teach other people how to use YouTube to generate more, you know, views, leads, sales, and really growth hack their businesses. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Cause I think I didn't realize that it's, it's only been since 2005 because I think in terms of what I did, because I, I actually started using it in 2008 because I had a gym and we were you know posting like how to do an exercise video. And I wish I had never stopped because <laughs> I think after after 2012 or so, I just stopped making videos. And then now it's 10 years later, I've made zero progress. And now I'm, well, I'm watching your videos. <laughs> that's what I'm doing now. But no, I think that's that's incredible. And I think for you know, even for marketers who understand that that video is the most you know consumed content online, they're still resistant to producing it themselves. So how do you kind of get small business owners around that hump of like, I don't want to create videos because I'm not good on video or I don't know what to shoot? Yeah, I mean, it's like anything. I think uh, you have to be okay to, to suck at the start. And my friend Ben Azadi says, the path to success is suck suck success like <laughs> your first videos are going to be your worst videos you got to be willing to get on camera and you know not be maybe great during the headlights look that that kind of that overwhelm at first or what do i say and and what's interesting is my whole progression has been documented mm -hmm. like i oftentimes share my first video which Ironically, it's not even my first video. See, I had the benefit of seven years before my first video making these videos for my youth ministry that never were, were put out into the world. Those were even worse. And even my first video was terrible. But I think that I would encourage marketers, you know, if you don't start, the, the cool thing about these, your first videos, even if they're bad, is that they're not going to reach anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a good thing. You can use your season in obscurity to prepare you for popularity. Like a lot of people, you got to post 100 videos, 200 videos. I know that sounds overwhelming. And of course, you know, following Digital Marketer and following our stuff and you, you can accelerate your learning curve, but you even take somebody like Mr. Beast, one of the biggest YouTubers now, and he was kind of obscure for his first 200 videos, just figuring things out. And um, the it's not just YouTube. I think the skill set of adopting new platforms for marketers 
is so critical because you just got to jump in messy. Your first, if you're dancing to reels on Instagram, it's awkward at first. You don't know how the algorithm works. You're just about really getting in the game and growing as you're posting the content. And I think the key is to reverse engineer back from the opportunity there, you know, to reverse engineer back from the impact that you want to make to say, okay, it's like a, a cost to benefit payoff. Like, you know, I, I think about that in terms of if I really, I want to be Brad Pitt fight club ripped. You could probably help me with that. Um, and, and, uh, but, but I actually have never, I think I, I know what I need to do. I know that I, uh, you know, should eat different and I need to like lift weights and I need to do some things. Well, I haven't actually taken action on that yet because I don't, I haven't become obsessed with actually getting those results. Maybe I'm a little lazy, married 16 years. Now I'm a dad. So I got, I'm getting the dad bod, you know, I got to work on this thing. Flip side is though, once you really hit a point where, man, your business depends on it, or you really understand how critical these skill sets are for tomorrow, if you want to be ready for video in general, video across platform, you want to get your business ready today so that you're not out of business in three years, then you say, okay, I'm really going to need to do this. It's like somebody who gets a health scare. All of a sudden they couldn't diet and now they have to diet. So they do. And I think YouTube's the same way. And we can talk in this conversation. I think when you start to think about, man, how much benefit there is, how much it can lead to not just sales and awareness, but also passive income because YouTube will work for you when you're not working. Then you start saying, oh, maybe that's a workout plan or a diet, diet plan I'm willing to commit to, to actually get over feeling you know, uncomfortable, awkward, because that's going to be all of our journeys when we first get on camera. Well, I think that's uh, that's actually a, a better benefit than just a fitness analogy where you're saying like, okay, you know, for fitness, you have to be consistent, you have to be disciplined, you have to do it for a while before you see results. Very similar to marketing, but the difference with YouTube is that, you know, a lot of that content is still going to be valuable years later. Like, I think the top video I ever made uh, was from 2008. I think the it was like square with the sides on it, and it was 10 seconds long, top video, and I think it was like you know, it's not crazy, but like 150,000 hits or something. But that was 12 years ago. And it's still generating some views and, and some awareness. So I think, uh, you know, if we break down the benefits of doing YouTube, you know, video creation, that is, that's a huge one, because it's just it's like an investment in your in your brand and in yourself. It's like doing pushups once, but yet my abs, my, my pecs stay yeah. there, and they actually get Stronger. I'm like, wow, this is a great plan. I got that that ab machine on the infomercial, and this thing literally while I'm on the couch is working for me. And 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 I really that's why I love YouTube the most because I agree it it is the only platform where your content truly lives forever. Similar, I suppose, to blogging on Google. When you get search engine optimization, when you get the long tail of evergreen content everything can change in terms of the amount of traffic and awareness that's coming your way. Even if you're on vacation, working on your next project, working on hiring somebody, writing your book, you have YouTube, you have an asset working for you when you're not directly uploading or working on videos. That's awesome. So for the people who say like, I don't know what to shoot, like what's, uh, what's your typical answer for, well, let's talk specifically about agencies and marketers. Like what should they shoot? Should it be an introduction to themselves or the brand or like where, where do they I go? think I'd go straight to three kind of frameworks, ASQ, RSP, and TSS. 
So the first one is you want to ASQ answer specific questions. You know, what's funny is even though I had been doing this for years and I, it was working, I got that framework from Ryan Dice at yeah. TNC of course. and he was talking about one of the elements of movements was movement leaders answer specific questions. He was like, what do religious leaders do? What did Jesus do? Answered specific questions. He said, what does Dave Ramsey do? He gets on his radio show, which is also on YouTube. He's a massive YouTuber and all of his personalities are, they have a massive YouTube channel, something like 20 million views a month. What do they do? They just answer specific questions about how to get out of debt, how to handle investments. Should I buy the truck? You know, how, what should I do? Should I buy Bitcoin? You know, all this different stuff. And so I think the first one is, is just answering specific questions. And there's kind of two op opportunities here for marketers. You know, one, I will admit in 2022, basic questions like how to start an email list or something like that. It's pretty crowded and, and pretty. Some of those just generic questions are kind of saturated. However, the thing is people love new. They want how to start an email list in 2022. They want 10 trends, email marketing trends in 2022. So there's something about, about recency on kind of those evergreen topics. But I think the opportunity is, is, is there actually truly is always new things. Mm -hmm. For example, Dave Ramsey didn't have to talk about Bitcoin five years ago. None of his callers were calling in, you know, asking about it. So there's always top of mind topics, new things happening in culture, new things happening around your agency, new problems. People are trying to leverage a new platform. So now you have a whole video series you could you could do about it. You're, you're helping people, you know, market in a particular vertical and you you just really go deep and all of a sudden you have 50 new video ideas. So the first framework would be, you know, answer specific questions. The second one is RSP, review specific products. And I think, you know, depending on, on who's listening to this, one option would be uh, you, you start talking about like, Kajabi versus ClickFunnels versus Kartra versus Aweber versus MailChimp versus ConvertKit versus, and, and you wouldn't put all those in one video, but, but people want to know about products related to their industry. More specifically, um, again, you could say how to build a WordPress site. Well, it's a, maybe kind of a little daunting depending on how deep you go. But if you were to focus on just like one specific thing, that's why I say review specific products, uh, is you get into one nuanced detail. What's a software in your industry? What is an actual physical product? Like it could just be, you know, home optimization tips. Because remember, the person you're serving is... Uh, a person. And so who is your clientele? What are the things they're interested in? What are some things that could attract them? What's interesting is again, I actually teach YouTube, wrote the book, YouTube secrets, but I talk about cameras. So it also, if you're looking for a camera for YouTube, you probably are also wanting to know how to do YouTube. If you're looking for exercise bands, you probably also want to get in shape and might be interested in diet. So what are adjacent and related things? products are influencers. People don't know you yet, but they know the software they want to research or they know the thing they're looking for. And then they find you in the process. I would argue that as much benefit as I've added to a certain can, uh, Canon camera, I've received just as much benefit because people didn't know Sean yet until they wanted to figure out how to use that camera they bought at Costco. Then they found me. So there's kind of a flow in terms of the influence of products. So review specific products. And then finally, teach specific skills, TSS. And that's a little bit like answer specific questions. But in this case, some of the most powerful content you can do is, is to help people get results in advance, help people learn how to do something, get them started, 
maybe again, you want them to hire your agency, but ultimately the first couple steps is showing them like, wow, these guys know what they're talking about. And by just maybe applying something simple, you, 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 you share something on teach specific skills, how to, how to, uh, some sales skills, some activating some clients in your database. You encourage, uh, you, you give some tips that help your subscriber or your potential subscriber tap into their email list. You give them, you say, hey, send this email. And then it leads to some sales or some business. And they go, wow, these people are legit. Next thing you know, they're on the phone with you. And now it's leading to business. So answer specific questions, review specific products, and teach specific skills. That's fantastic. Now, in terms of the mix, because I know, you know, my experience with content is I never know what's going to actually hit and what's going to miss. And so I found that that making certain categories of content that I could test over some period of time, 30, 60, 90 days, I'll find like, okay, this content is a waste of time. <laughs> I need to scrap it, move on to a different type. Uh, what do you recommend in terms of like, I don't know, uh, how many types of content they should be making in terms of video topics? I mean, I think the most important question to answer is who are you making it for? Yeah. So people ask what videos, you know, should I make? And the better question would be, who is it for? Because if you understand the person, then your question is what, what do they want? Um, what would actually be most helpful for them? Would they be bored or annoyed by you forcing a series that they're not interested in versus if we hear this in our think media comments a lot where people say, wow, I can't believe you made this video. You read my mind. <laughs> now, the, one of the reasons we can read people's minds is one, you could say keyword research early on, like kind of thinking about what what Google trends, what are the trending topics? Like I'll type in our industry, we'll type four different cameras in Google trends and actually discover that one has a disproportionate amount of more influence than others. So it's like, well, if we're going to get the most impact and, and we're able to teach on all four of these, this is clearly the one that has the most people interested. So then people show up in the comments. They're like, I can't believe you made a video on this. You read my mind. It was like, cool. well, yeah, we use some tools to kind of see where the psychology of the people we're trying to reach uh, where they're at, but more so, I mean, you want to survey your audience conversations on zoom conversations in the DMS conversations, you know, the person who understands their audience's problems and ambitions best is going to be the most successful marketer. And so I think that if you are making videos in reaction to serving your audience, answering their questions, if you talk to, if, if you see a theme as you're on sales calls or calls with clients and it keeps coming up, you turn that into video. Sure enough, other people in your industry are like, you read my mind. I can't believe you made this video. This was the perfect video for me. And so think about those biggest problems, those biggest ambitions, and think about you know where people are and ultimately where you how you can help them get closer to where they want to go in terms of the way you serve people. In terms of the cadence, I think one thing I would encourage uh, anyone that's on YouTube, I got to hear from Todd, the product manager from YouTube, Todd Bupree, at a recent event. And he said this, he said, don't judge your video's performance by the first day, by the first week, or even by the first month. And what's crazy, Mark, is that we've been studying our videos and, and a lot of times our videos will sometimes underperform for up to a hundred days. Wow. Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll do all right, but they'll slowly grow over 300 days and they'll break out later. What's fascinating on Think Media is because of the particular content we create, our videos still are growing at 650 days later, 750 days later. And that's the average video. You know, wow. sometimes a video only has a couple thousand views, which is cool for us, but actually kind of low for our subscriber base. But actually our average video at day 
700 has 45 to 77,000 views. That just takes a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. That's like planting a seed today. It is sort of, the cool thing about YouTube is it's kind of like a sowing and reaping mentality. You need patience. YouTube's like a fine wine. It gets better with age. Oh, that's fantastic. Like you want to plant seeds today and be way more concerned with just planting more seeds rather than staring at it, hoping that it, 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 you know, a little bit of life busts through, you know, a little petal, uh, a little leaf comes through the soil. No, you just keep watering it and you don't even really need to water it. You just need to plant it, let YouTube do its thing. And I think that becomes then the opportunity. If you're getting pretty close to your audience's problems and ambitions with the videos you're creating, you're putting a lot of that content out well optimized. What really gets interesting is three, six, nine, 12 months later, to your point, you don't necessarily know which of those videos is going to do the best, but on a macro, you're going to be doing great. New people are just starting to discover your videos. And then that's probably the final step is in addition to knowing your audience's problems and ambitions, success leaves clues. So make part twos, mm -hmm. go to your videos. That. Once you have 10, 50, 75 videos, then you go, okay, some of these need a part two. Some of these really have shown evidence that not only do people love them, maybe that knew me or knew, know my business, but also they're, it's really working in the YouTube algorithm. So following up a successful video with a related next step, part two, update for the new year becomes the opportunity. Oh, that's huge. That's a great piece of advice. Because I think a lot of people, you know, because I've, I've told people too, when I had clients, you know, if you have a video series, it's actually easier to produce the content just because it's all in a line. But, uh, you know, why get down that far if you could just test a bunch of concepts, see what works, and then start producing the series based on success. I think that's super helpful. So you created, I don't know, what is it, tens of thousands of videos at this point? Probably about 3,000, but yeah, for sure, a lot. <laughs> uh, what would you say, just from a production standpoint, do you, do you actually like producing in terms of the, the types and topics that you've covered? Yeah, I mean, the cool thing, this kind of brings up the idea of content formats. Um, and so there's there's a lot of different formats. Some are easier to produce, some are, are harder to produce. There's talking head videos. Eventually, live streaming is a huge opportunity on YouTube, but it once you go live, you're live. And I think the opportunity with live is the replay value. If you develop the ability to um, extemporaneously communicate or or teach live. I mean, this is one of my favorite strategies personally is essentially just doing like a free webinar on YouTube. If anyone's comfortable with with webinars and you may or may not have it, be having tr trouble with them or success with them and you're trying to use evergreen webinar and do all this kind of stuff like you have, I, I use the deck. So the deck keeps me organized. Um, I use simple software like StreamYard. I've used vMix and other things. You can, you can kind of, you know, grow into comfortability in terms of being able to share that content. And I, I click go live, but what ends up happening is I'm not really there to greet people in the chat and say like, Hey, Sarah, you know, Hey Rick, like I actually just kind of get on live and I actually think about the video in reverse. I think about, okay, there's going to be a powerful opening. I want to hook the attention just like you try to hook uh, the reader in an email subject line or the, you know, uh, a blog title. I, I want to hook up front, give the bullet points up front, deliver some upfront value, you know, be brief, be bright, be fun and be done, turn the video off. And then what's fascinating is we were talking earlier, you know, I've got a video that's teaching on how to get subscribers on YouTube, but it has 1.5 million views. It's a 44 minute live stream. Now I've worked to 
become comfortable with that and try to be a good communicator. I mean, it's straight through. Like I, I had, I had done maybe the talk before, but like it just, I don't know. There was this combination of things. Of course, the title, the thumbnail, the stories that I told, the emotion, who knows? But I think live streaming is an opportunity. So it could be talking head. It could be live streaming. I love what, you know, like Alex Hermosi is doing right now where he just has a lot of videos where sometimes he's not even in focus, but he's split screen with a whiteboard just the whole time. Nothing fancy, just like, hey, but he delivers on a little, uh, a whiteboard rather, that's like a tablet. Like, cool. so it's a split screen with your iPad. And it's similar, right, of course, to teaching off a, wh- a whiteboard. I've seen, you know, Russell Brunson does that sometimes. And some people do it super fancy. They got they got like the whiteboard is their desk and they have the overhead cool. uh, camera and they have multiple cameras. Um, but what I've really learned is that it's about the, content value way more than the production value. People actually get way too into, is the camera great? Is the lighting great? I think Alex Ramos is a great example of this. He's kind of killing it right now because his content is insanely valuable. He's super intelligent. He's, he's dropping out valuable stuff and real one, real game recognized game. People are like, dang, this is fire. So I, I'm not like, oh, I can't believe he's out of focus. <laughs> you know, you're not there. I'm going to go watch. If I want the best production value, I'm going to get on Disney plus and watch the Mandalorian. Like that's where production value matters. I think when it comes, it, it's, is your content moving the needle for people, solving problems, bringing them unlocks, you know, connecting with them. And, and things like storytelling and, and all kinds of stuff. So I think that that's another one. And then you could do things that are just voiceover narration. You could, you know, sometimes you could have an audio clip from something. You put some B-roll from a, a site where you can subscribe to just get different clips. And, and some people do a webinar and they're not even on camera. They're just behind a deck. But it's a lot of people in the personal finance industry you, again, you, you didn't actually think it was going to be entertaining. You were like, okay, break down what I should be doing with my 401k. And so they do a 22 minute training all, and it's behind just a, a slide deck. But what's, what's the point? Like who are you trying to reach? And, and that stuff can do very well because at the end of it, people leave with the, the takeaways and the information. So, um, I don't know if I answered your question <laughs> right, but it's, but I think content formats, I, I like experimenting with a lot of the, a lot of them. And my favorite is live streaming. I've built yeah. up to it because when it's, it's done, it's done. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we teach in terms of optimizing it before and after, but, uh, I've also spent time where what I, this is kind of what I've maybe learned is there's been times when I've spent 10, 20, 30, 40 hours crafting a video, making it perfect. And it got, you know, 6,000 views, which is maybe not great for where our channel was at the time. And then there's been times when I've done a 22 minute live stream and again, it's got a hundred thousand views. And so naturally in terms of like payoff of time invested, return on investment of time and energy, I, I like the minimum effective dose mm-hmm. trying to do, trying to put out valuable stuff that of course impacts the end user, but that also that doesn't, you know, take forever. And the thing with video is it can suck a lot of your time. Complexity is the enemy of, of, uh, execution. Mm-hmm. Complexity is the enemy of execution. And so when you start, okay. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. 
Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time, we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. Got to get the camera right and get my camera guy over here and is the lighting right and there's all this other stuff. More power to that. There's a time and place for maybe making certain forms of video and video marketing that have that professional feel or you want client testimonials shot in a cool spot when you're in person at the conference or whatever. That's all cool. But when you keep things simple, quick, speed of execution, get the complexity out of there. And uh, that gives you what I like about the live stream strategy is it gives you also the chance to put more seeds in the soil. Cause if you, if it takes you a, a month to get one video done versus you put, you know, five videos out a week and only one of them pops off, you may be, or, or multiple pop off. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation for sure. I always tell people that it's, you know, just about consistency and then trying different things and then figuring out your, your voice and your brand which I think you've done very well for yours because I think you always have a uh, kind of consistent demeanor, consistent frameworks and, and all that kind of stuff. How long do you think that took you just from a, just think media to kind of establish this is kind of, this is the brand image we want to portray? Yeah, I think branding for me has kind of been a hard, a hard journey, but I look back and it, I see kind of a through line, meaning I, it's the idea of like, finding your niche, you know, the riches are in the niches. Zig Ziglar said, it's better to be a meaningful specific than a wandering generality. If you can niche down, if you could get really clear on your brand, Sally Hogshead said, different is better than better. So what's your different, what's your USP? (laughs) What's, you know, so, so all these things that are, I think, important to know of as far as you trying to carve your place in the market, you're trying to have a tagline or a vision or, you know, and then a brand voice uh, about thinking through there's so many different pieces. And so, yeah, I've studied it all. You're trying to figure out your customer avatar. You're trying to figure out who you are and what you stand for and what are your values. And so it's, it's honestly an ongoing journey. I think that a lot of days I wake up and I'm like, I I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, (laughs) what what are we doing? Uh, And then on the flip side, I feel like we've we've built a decently strong brand. So it's been it's been a 10-year journey, but I go all the way back to the first Think Media video, which was not my first video. It's when I started Think Media the same year, but a little bit later. And I was like, we're gonna talk about media. Social media is taking over. People need help with this. At the time I was on staff at a church. So I was actually more focused on churches needing it, but it's the same thing. Nonprofits are trying to get the word out and and uh, that was the first video. Second video was about building a video editing PC. Next video was about hacking your camera. And now like 11 years later, talking about the same stuff. Now we have though an event and a book and 
and courses and the whole thing. It's just kind of grown, but the, the sort of brand was always there. And, and the tagline for us was bring you the best tips and tools for creators, the tools being the cameras and the tips being this strategy or the tips, the best tips and tools for, uh, building your influence with online video, I should say. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's it. And, uh, and as far as branding goes, we think about, I, I sometimes like to think about who, who we are. Like we, we say we'd be, I, I like to say we're Dave Ramsey for people that want to learn YouTube because oh, he helps people get out of debt. We help people crush it on YouTube because we have a similar model to that. You know, we have free content and we have books and we have educational content. Now we have personalities. Our first personality is going to write a, a book. We have an event. And so sometimes trying to find examples that are like that. I suppose if you don't know Dave Ramsey, that'd be kind of meaningless. Um, <laughs> well, it's mainly and, for uh, you though. I think, you know, it, it puts you in the, the brand perspective. For us, I think we said Forrest Gump was the old, uh, what was like character diamond is what we call it here. And now I'm saying, I think we're more like Ferris Bueller or that's what we should yes. try to do because, you know, Ryan's can be pretty goofy and <laughs> so can Richard. So, you know, it's, uh, I think finding that voice is awesome, but I think you, you've definitely done it on Think Media. It's, it's consistent. It's predictable, you know, where I know like what I'm going to get, which is all part of good branding. I know you set up your own personal channel now. Uh, does that, does that character different or is it kind of just personal versus you know, your professional side. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I think a little bit, and, cause now we're getting to a place where I am thinking about the, I suppose three or four or 5.0 Sean Cannell and where I'll be going next. I just turned 38 when I, um, I always kind of general timeline in my forties or, or what I'm really passionate about, uh, and I'm super passionate about video and YouTube, but I, I always saw myself some days I'm, I'm deeply passionate about business leadership, team building, um, faith. And one of my heroes is John Maxwell, maybe the best-selling leadership author of all time and just a great uh, many look to for leadership advice. And so I saw myself maybe pivoting to to something like that. That could be in my 40s. It could be in my 50s. But I didn't want to also pivot into that space having not successfully led something or not successfully built something. I didn't want to start giving business advice if I hadn't actually built a business and survived through recessions or pandemics or <laughs> ups and downs and built a team and kept the team unified. And I think I'm still a little uh, early on that journey. You know, we're 18 people uh, on our way to eight fig a year, pretty close. And, and so it's pretty cool, but still also realizing that it's one thing to hit it once. It's another thing to actually, and then next thing you know, I burn, burn out and disappear and die, you know, like, so there's so many nuances to business and uh, team building and, and managing your personal health and vision and all kinds of things. So um, all that to say is Sean Cannell is, is still kind of punted. And I, I have a lot of mentors or just people I look to for advice and, and uh, man, there's just something about it's something I've tried to learn, and this speaks to that brand messaging being consistent. I'm actually trying to, I, I heard somebody say, rather than constantly trying to say new things to new people, you should be saying the same thing in new ways to new people. Yeah, love that. And for some that are very close to us, they're like, oh, you repeat yourself. And I'm like, good. I'm glad you're listening. <laughs> like if you've, if you've heard, like that's that clue. Cause 
And, and I think part of our success is is trying to hold to a couple simple messages. You know, people that are like, "Why don't you say something new?" You're like, "What is there new to say?" You yeah. got to get on YouTube, man. You got to just press record. You got to punch fear in the face. And of you know, and then our core building blocks. I, I think again, I know I brought him up a lot, but if you look at the empire he's built as far as Dave Ramsey, he's got seven baby steps. I, I might be exaggerating slightly, but like pretty much every book they write are about the same baby steps. Like his new one is like baby steps for millionaires. It's like, Hey, it's still about the baby steps. It's just about the later four for getting into the millionaire level. And I think there's something powerful about that. It's like when you have a proprietary process, when you've got a framework, when you've got a system that works, uh, I just saw somebody on Instagram. They were like, you know, I was watching your channel. Sometimes I don't know if I should be subscribed anymore because I've been hearing some of the same things. And my, what I wanted to say is not what I said, but I was like, I actually, I was like, you know, friend, I think the opportunity here is to get the information you need, get the camera and get to work. And then I was like, some people join us on our podcast channel for, for some of the deeper stuff. But here's the, here's the, the thing I recognize about our brand. I actually don't think people are going to follow Think Media for Life. A few might because they connect with us. We're here to solve a problem and hopefully get someone started, get them going and a lot of people I talked to, it's kind of actually, I went to this event and so many people we had impacted came up and they're like, bro, your stuff changed our life. My wife and I were full time now. We're doing this stuff. Like, I can't believe it. And I was like, could you have sent me a Christmas card? <laughs> like, it would have been nice. Like, there's some days I'm discouraged. Like, it wasn't until I was standing in front of you that you were going to let me know. But I think a lot of people need to hear that. You know, your business, your brand, your message, your book, someone's going to pick it up, read it, change their life. And probably not tell you, they're not going to leave an Amazon review, even though they should or whatever, but, but that is the opportunity. And maybe there'll be a, a lifer, a, a, you know, a lifetime customer, a raving fan, but many people will just kind of get what they need, just like you do. And I do, I think about all the different authors I follow or people I follow. And a lot of them, I don't follow for life, you know, but, but they help me achieve a certain result. So I think that's some of the opportunity and, and part of my journey. No, I think that that's huge because, you know, a lot of people don't realize that people, even with millions of subscribers, like are still people. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, if you don't say these things like, well, it's like for me, like I do a lot of content production and I, I network with individuals to create content for us, a digital marketer. And most of the time you just ask like, hey, <laughs> because I, I do that all the time where it's just like, hey, could you produce something for us? And, and people are just so excited most of the time. And that goes back to that whole lifetime, you know, follower kind of thing, because digital marketer has that where some people have been around for, you know, since 2010, still saying things. But, I, you know, I talked to Ryan and he appreciates people saying stuff to him even now. So, no, that's that's huge. And I think, you know, a lot of times that the, the benefit of video is really just that, that personal uh, touch. Like people are seeing your face, they're seeing your personality. And if you had written this or you know, take a picture is just not the same thing as video. 100%. If a picture speaks a thousand words, video speaks a million. At least. No, that's, that's huge. Well, I don't want to not talk about your upcoming workshop for us. Uh, so we're going to be doing your thousand subscribers in 10 days officially. Fired up. It's going to be super fun. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I know you produced the, that one video has a million and a half views. And I think you were saying that it was one of your live streams. But uh, tell us about how you kind of came up with the thousand subscribers and what kind of results people have gotten. Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited for this workshop. I, I really feel like it's going to be no miss. I mean, first, 
I think it's foundational to know you got to be on YouTube. You know, YouTube now has 2.3 billion monthly active users. That means people that have a Gmail account that are logged in. That means the viewership's even is much larger than that. 74% of adults in the US watch YouTube. But you know what's interesting is one in three baby boomers go on YouTube to learn more about a product or service. And so YouTube is the most dominant video platform by far. It is, I think, the second most visited website in the world, second to Google, even more than Facebook, even though they have more users just because so many people just continuously visit YouTube to consume content. And so, and, and YouTube's free. I, I should, we should probably <laughs> establish that. So, so if you're a marketer listening to this, it's like, okay, you got to be on YouTube. And I think the opportunity of this workshop though is like, okay, well, how do I overcome my time constraints though? Like I'm busy, another platform that I got to create content for, we're going to solve that. How do I overcome, you know, the, the, the fears, you know, for real, like, well, who's going to listen to me? Who, who, who's going to care about my message? Who's going to, we're going to talk about that and, and, and really help you build your confidence because you can get results on YouTube. You can grow your business. You can get leads. You can serve your current clients. You can reach new clients. And then we're just going to talk about the steps to, yes, get a thousand subscribers in 10 days. That's possible. And we're going to go through, it's a sprint. So um, you'll get what you put in, but I'm going to un unload all the things that I've learned growing over 2.5 million subscribers, helping thousands of people reach that 10, that 1,000 subscriber mark. And here's the myth that many believe, but is not true. It's not too late to start YouTube. 2022, it's not too late to start YouTube. The platform continues to grow and it is algorithmically favorable to new channels. It's not like, uh, sure, there's competition, but it's not like organic reach on Facebook. It's not like the diminishing returns that we're seeing on a lot of platforms. When you know what kinds of videos to make, when you know what to say in your videos, we call it the perfect video recipe, which you'll be learning, then you can break through the channel, uh, break through on YouTube if you're a brand new channel, because the algorithm on YouTube doesn't, is not actually trying to find viewers for your videos. It's trying to find videos for its users, oh. for viewers. So, so people are like, why isn't YouTube promoting me? That's it, not YouTube's job. YouTube's trying to, to, to find videos for its users. So when you're making the right videos about the right topics in the right way, triggering the metrics that matter most, then you could be a brand new channel and one video can get you to a thousand. We have students that have done that. A handful of uploads, you commit to uploading a couple of videos over this 10 day sprint and you could reach a thousand just with those. And so it's gonna be a lot of fun. And um, 2022 is a great time to be starting your channel, to be getting back into your channel, um, to be scaling and growing your current channel. Of course, this is focused on the first 1,000, but the principles are transferable to help you scale to your next 1,000 subscribers as well. And ultimately, this is going to help you build more goodwill, more trust, more value, stay engaged and connected with your current clients, uh, give you videos and quality content that you can let people know about if you send out an email newsletter and whatnot, which is a great thing to do, but as well as lead to new people discovering you so that uh, you can continue to scale and reach more people. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I'm, I'm super stoked. I'm going to be there when you get my thousand subscribers and I will be very excited. Hopefully we do 10 times that for a digital marker itself. 
but we'll see. I'm like I said, very excited. I think every marketer should have their own channel. And I think, you know, if you haven't done different types of content, you know, a lot of us have done articles, maybe graphics, uh, maybe even podcasts, but videos is always some kind of weird barrier that people got to get by. So I suggest that anybody who doesn't have a channel, definitely uh, join us. It's going to be in January. Uh, we're going to have it on our lab platform. So you have to be a subscriber. So make sure you subscribe and then later on you can get it, uh, you know, one off, but you should just be part of part of the lab. All those constant frameworks that Sean's talking about, that's what we do here at Digital Marketer. Well, thank you so much, Sean. This has been a blast. Uh, what could people do to follow you or, or get your stuff? Yeah, I appreciate that, Mark. Thanks for having me on and I can't wait uh, for the lab. Yeah, uh, people can connect with me on social media. I'm uh, most active on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Cannell, rhymes with YouTube channel. And that's S-E-A-N, Sean Cannell, C-A-N-N-E-L-L. And then I think a, a cool way to connect is just YouTube secrets. Yeah. You know, if you don't have an Audible account, most people do, but the audiobook is free on a new audiobook ac account, or you just use one of your Audible credits. Ebook is like, you know, a couple bucks, uh, or there's the physical book on Amazon as well. And so that is a kick in the pants. It's a pretty quick read. You could read it on a flight from Seattle to Texas, and it's uh, it'll get you going. YouTube Secrets on Amazon. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go download that now, get to work before I, I get my new thousand subscribers. Thank you so much, Sean. Uh, this has been the Digital Marker Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're not a lab subscriber, go ahead and do that now. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.